Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. Kingdom of God, and we're born again. These strongholds that we've let become a part of us, or that has become a part of us, begins to war against spiritual things many times. And we read something in the Bible like our loving Heavenly Father, and if you were raised and not had a loving Heavenly Father, it's hard to really understand that because when you think of the word Father, you think of your father or even your mother or your friends. And so many of us bring opinions and strongholds into our relationship at church. And I want to minister on that thought that God, when he saves us, he can help us overcome those strongholds. Has anybody ever had anybody lie to you? Raise your hand if you did. If you're not raising your hand, you never talked to nobody, never hung around nobody, and didn't know nobody. Because all of us at one time not only had people lie to us, we probably lied too. You men, if you're smart, you'll lie once in a while. When she says, how do I look? You'll say, beautiful. Well, maybe it's not a lie. It's just spiritually speaking. But all of us bring those into our relationships. We've had people we thought were our friends, and later on they seemed to fail us. Isn't that true? Or, or they, we thought, you know, they really cared about us, and later we found out maybe they didn't care like we thought they did. And so as a result of that, when we're born again, that can affect us. Now, one thing we do know, that God can help us overcome these strongholds. Isn't that true? It's like a kid at Christmas, he believes, he says to his, uh, he's Santa Claus, he sits on Santa Claus's lap. <coughs> How do we believe in Santa Claus? You're not going to get nothing this year then. <coughs> Santa Claus is somebody buys you gifts. You better believe. He's making a list, checking it twice, going to find out if you're naughty or nice. Well, I'm trying to build my singing career here. <coughs> But kids get disappointed, don't they? Because Santa Claus says, what do you want for Christmas, Johnny? Well, I want this thing. And they go on Christmas morning, they don't get it. And so we grow up with disappointments, don't we? My best friend, I've shared this here. In my speech class, to get out of high school, I had to pass a speech class. And people scare me to death. Looking at him, trying to talk to him like you folks. You really make me nervous. I can't help it. It's just something in me, you know. And I look out at you, and I'm thinking, what are they thinking? And I'm trying to preach and think what you're thinking. And Anyway, he made a comment. Harry should never have a job where he has to speak to people because his voice hurts my ears. And then when I got born again in my senior year of high school, and I felt like I was called to preach... I struggled with that because I bought in that hardship of what somebody said to me 
And as a result of that, every time I would get up to preach, I would be thinking, my voice is killing them. That's why they didn't fall asleep. It's not my sermon was good, but my voice is so irritating that they can't even sleep in church. And so we all bring strongholds into our relationships, don't we? Whether it's a marriage or whatever it might be we have. And one of them is, it's easy not to believe. How many knows it's easy not to believe? If we ask everybody here and all of us answered, we believe every word in this Bible is true. How many believe that? Raise your hand. And yet sometimes when we see a promise, we doubt it. How many knows there's no sinner that's so bad Jesus can't save them? And yet many times when we're in a Walmart somewhere, we see somebody, rather than share the gospel with them or invite them to church, we think, well, they're not, they will never be interested. Or they might not ever get saved. And so we're battling unbelief in our relationship with God. And yet the Bible said all things are possible if you and I believe. And so tonight we're going to just touch on those three things. And tonight we pray God can help us and minister to us so that we will overcome these strongholds. See, even the disciples and seeing the miracles Jesus did and knew they were in the presence of, of one that was from heaven. When he said, we're going to feed the multitude, they looked around and they didn't have any way to do it, so they didn't believe. And Jesus said, well, just sit them down and we'll give a miracle. And they didn't believe because they had nothing they could share with them. And then Jesus said to them, go out among the crowd and find what you can find. And they went out, and all they found was that boy's lunch, wasn't it? And humanly speaking, it was hard to believe when they got his lunch. Number, number, number one, it's a miracle to take a boy's lunch away from him when he's going to have to eat. It's like I give kids candy all the time. I do. I'll give you a piece of later, Okay. And so what happened, see, I gave little Titus a piece of chocolate, and he opened it up, and I said, can I have a bite? And he said, it's mine. It's mine. And he wouldn't share it with me. And so it's hard to believe, isn't it? And yet Jesus said, sit them down. They bought it to him, but the thing they were battling is, what is this among so many? And yet, we know tonight, there's nothing impossible with God. You know why the lottery was a billion dollars one time? You know why it was that? Because all these people took their money believing and hoping they were going to become a billionaire. We, we, we believe in everything, don't we? You've heard me say you go home, turn the light switch on, or flip it up, and you believe your lights are going to come on. Or you go to the faucet and turn it on, you believe the water's going to come out. And yet when it comes to spiritual things, 
and really into the world where nothing's impossible because God is who he is and we belong to him and all the promises in the word of God are ours, we find ourselves struggling when we're going to believe. And yet I want to say again, all things are possible if we believe. And so tonight, we have to face the stronghold of maybe being disappointed or somebody letting us down or something didn't work out the way we thought it should, not to carry it into our relationship with the Lord and really say, I believe every promise in the book is true and it's real. Therefore, I am not going to go by how I feel or what it looks like. I'm simply going to believe. I remember uh, Pastor Alex got an email from somebody we know that was in the tent meeting when I preached in Denver, Colorado, and uh, had tremendous miracles. And one of them shared after they seen this on Facebook of a miracle that they had witnessed when I was preaching, and I had totally spaced this miracle. And yet when he showed it to me, it came back to me. They bought a little baby that had webbed fingers. The baby could not spread them apart. It was born that way. And the parent bought it to me, and God was moving, and I was believing that anything could happen. And so they hand me that baby, and I remember as they described, as they sent that email, I was walking with that baby and praising God that God can do anything and that God's going to heal this little baby. And while I'm walking with this child and I'm believing God, all of a sudden those fingers that were webbed together came apart. A total creative miracle by God. And that happened because in a moment of time, when I was ministering and felt the presence of God, I really did believe. And when I believed God did that thing that humanly seemed so impossible because there's nothing God can't do. Now I don't want to make you excited or get excited. No matter what you're facing, no matter how impossible it might seem, no matter what the uh, people are saying, I want to tell you something. If you belong to God tonight and Jesus is in you, there's nothing that God can't do. There's no limitations for you because God has no limits. And we read the Bible and we read that scripture, we know the truth and the truth will set us free. So tonight, we need to believe. How many? But unbelief is that thing that we bring into the relationship. And if we don't deal with that, it'll rob us and hinder us from receiving what God has for us. You know what? I heard a man say one time, the strongest nerve that any human has is his will. Our will. Now, how many have ever wanted to serve God your way? Don't raise your hand. You want the will of God your way. There are people tonight, goes to church, they want to be blessed, but they don't want to give. They want to see their neighbor born again, but they never share the gospel with them. They want their life to count, but they never really get involved. 
And so somewhere we have to battle unbelief. Because all of us brought into our relationships things and disappointments where we thought it was going to happen and it didn't happen. But I want to say something tonight. The Bible is true. And even though we don't always understand things, it's not our will, but his will will be done. And the promises of God are yea and amen. And tonight we have to battle our will. And it's not our will that matters, it's his will. When I felt urged to go to Africa, that was never my will to go to Africa, except on a safari, but not to live there. And so when I felt strongly that God was moving on my life, I dreaded telling Joni that I wanted to take her to Africa and live there. But all the time I was married to her, I did not know when she was a little girl, a missionary came to her church and shared the opportunity in Africa, what God was doing. And she had answered an altar call and said to God, I will go to Africa. So I went to her to tell her maybe we should go to Africa thinking she's going to say no. Maybe I wanted her to say no. I'm not sure at this moment what I felt. But when I told her, she began to cry. And I thought, uh-oh, she's mad. She don't want to go to Africa. She's sorry she married me. And yet she looks at me and says, you know, I answered the call to Africa when I was a little girl. But see, if I probably would have had my will, I probably wouldn't have went. But see, it's not about my will. It's about his will. It's about what he has planned for our lives. <clears throat> I'll be honest, when I lived in Bullhead, the only time I ever came to Kingman was to watch your softball games because it was cooler up here. And you had a Kmart, and we didn't have anything in Bullhead at that time in the 80s. And I thought, who would want to live in Kingman? I'd already thought, who wants to live in Bullhead? I remember the day I drove down that hill. We're from the Midwest where there's real trees and real green grass. You don't have to buy that fake stuff and put it out in your yard. And I was going down that hill, <coughs> and I was driving the U-Haul you all truck. My wife was behind me, and I looked in my mirror, and I could see her crying. So we got to Bullhead, and it was in July, and we got out of the truck, and that day it was 124 degrees. And Jody looked at me and said, Harry, I gave my heart to God not to go to hell and you move me on top of it. <laughs> well, she stayed with me all the time I was there. But see, not all the time we get our will, do we? But the most important and one of the hardest battles is to put our will aside for the will of God. If we're going to live in Kingman, how many plan to stay in Kingman right now? Now, if they didn't raise their hand, go pray for them quick. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But if we're going to be here, why not do the will of God? 
Why not get people saved? Why not go witness to them? Why not knock on the neighbor's door and introduce ourselves to them? <coughs> Why not when we're in a restaurant and the waitress waits on us not to share the gospel with her or him or at least invite him to church? But see, many times we know what we should do, but our will fights what we should do. And tonight, you and I need to make a decision to do the will of God. When David Wilkerson went to New York, we were just talking about him in the office. <clears throat> he was a country guy, seen some people on TV that was going to go to jail. And he went to New York to try to get him saved. And he didn't even fit in. I mean, that was the worst place humanly for him to be. Because he didn't fit in, didn't know the language. And now he's in New York trying to reach street gangs that threatens to kill him, gives him a hard time, but he stays there because he felt God wanted him there. He never reached the people he went to reach, but out of it came Team Challenge. And out of it came Nikki Cruz. And the gangs that was fighting in the streets got saved. And many of them preached the gospel because David Wilkerson did not go to do his will. He said, your will be done. And so tonight, I don't believe we're all here by accident. How many believe that? We're not here by accident. God knew we'd be here, knew the opportunity would be here, knew that we could, our lives could make a count for the kingdom of God if we'll say to the Lord, not my will, use me. Jesus said, deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. And I want to tell you, that's more important than what I want. When I was a young boy, my uncle, Uncle John, lived in L.A., and he was the head of the Franklin Insurance Company. Lived in a fine house with a fine pool. Drove fine cars. And he said to my dad, I was getting ready to get out of high school, right before I gave my heart to the Lord, let Harry come and I could help him and he could be rich one day. And dad said, he ain't coming. And I said, but dad, he said, you ain't going. Now, I don't know how you raised your kids, but when you lived in my dad's house, you, your will was his will. I remember one time when I got a job and I cleared $33 a week for 70, uh, 60 hours. No, I worked from nine to nine, six days a week. So I had 72 hours in it. And I came home and dad said, no, you're going to pay board. <coughs> I said, I can't afford to. He said, you're going to give your mother $20 a week. And I said, that's not fair. He said, well, then go get your own place to live. You say, he was cruel. It's the best thing he could have done for me. He said, your mother's cooked for you your whole life, does your laundry, puts up with you. You're going to give her 20 a week. I didn't like it, but it really helped me. Dad said he can't go there. 
That was the greatest thing my dad did for me at all because I could have missed God a million miles. And God didn't want me, my dad didn't want me to make a lot of money. Dad wanted me to just be a decent person. And tonight I'm indebted that he didn't let me go. Because if he did, I might not be here tonight. No telling how my life. See, sometimes your will's not what you need. You need somebody over you that's got your best interests in mind. And you can have nobody with better interest for your life than Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus said, he said, my will's to do the Father that sent me. And he said, if you're going to follow me, take up your cross and follow me. And so tonight, we need to deal with that. Every one of us need to deal with, you know what, is the most important thing for my life is to do the will of God. And to be a part of the harvest field. Many of you are worried about Washington, D.C. You're worried about all these programs. But I'll tell you, the greater need is the lost People that don't know Jesus Christ. What you got to expect if people aren't living for God, they'll do everything. They'll mess everything up. And so we have the answer tonight. And that is we can share Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, lives can be changed. And so we need to consider that. Then I want to close with this last thought, your security and my security. How many knows how to spell security? But I wonder if we really understand what it is. We can give a definition. We can spell it. We know in the dictionary it's under the S. But security is trusting him. That's all the securities in this world is we trust Jesus Christ. People will fail us. Government can fail us. Institutions can fail us, but Jesus never fails. He sticks closer than your brother. He's more real than the air you and I are breathing at this very moment. And what we need to do is trust him. I said we need to trust him. See, those that play the lottery, the odds are against them. Isn't that true? But when you partner with God, the odds are Odds are for you. Because he said, when you give to me, you'll get it back pressed down, good measure, and running over. The Lord will give it back to you. You know, the Lord has given me lots of money. It's just not always been paper. It's it kept me well. I remember one time, Joni and I were going down the road and our car stopped. And I was ticked off. mad and I sit there and finally after it cooled down it started and I went down the road and down the road was a tremendous powerful big accident and people were killed and to this day I believe if that car would have went on I'd been in the middle of that because Jesus takes care of us and when we give to him with what we have, he gives to us what we don't have. That's why we want to give to him. 
because people get saved. I said, you can buy a house for 200,000 pay cash, but it can burn down. But when you get to Jesus and it's in the harvest field, I want to tell you it's eternal. Like many of you give to get that water tire back to Africa when Pastor Wilson shared with us, right? Well, I want to tell you something. It's more than a water tire. It's more than them having something to drink. You touched eternity when you gave to that. Because people are going to hear the gospel and people are going to go to that church because there's clean water there. And as a result of it, when we give to something like that, our giving is eternal. And our reward will be in heaven because there will be people there that are born again because we've given. The question is, can we trust him? See, because in life, you might have been ripped off. You might have made an investment that didn't turn out like you wanted to. Or something. You bought something, thought it was one thing, but realized it wasn't. But when you give to God, it becomes an eternal thing. And the Bible said the widow, when she gave the widow's might in the treasury, it became a memorial to her. And to this day, we're still preaching about her. And in heaven, she's being rewarded because the Bible said she gave what she had because she trusted God. And she knew when she gave it to God, her security would be there. When the prophet went to the widow with a boy, and we hear this preached quite a bit, and all she had was a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil. She had to make a decision, will I give it to the man of God? Because he said, give me a drink and make me a cake first. And she had planned that life was over. There was a drought and they were going to eat and die. But she caught something when he said, if you'll give it to me, the barrel of meal will not waste, neither will the cruise of oil run dry. She believed and gave and she has a testimony tonight that not only she and her boy lived, but the prophet lived. It's a testimony that when you give, when God's moving, it secures our lives. And so like I said to begin with tonight, we bring a lot into our relationships. It's like a kid that when it's little gets screamed at all the time. And then if somebody raises a voice, the kid backs up because of what he thinks is going to happen to him. It's like a dog. You scream at a dog and mistreat a dog, somebody else can take that dog and love it, but that dog will back up and back up because when he hears your voice raised, whether it's that him or her, it doesn't matter. It throws something into it and that dog is afraid again. Money's a, thank God there's no money in heaven. Thank God we're not going to say what's it worth. How much does it cost? Can we afford to eat out? Oh, we'll eat at the marriage supper of the Lamb, won't we? Heaven will be a wonderful thing. But, you know, 
one of the things we need to learn is really be able to trust God, especially with our money. Now, I'm not preaching to get your money, honestly. I just don't want you to let the devil rob you of the blessing. If you have an insurance man come to your house, sell you insurance, he's going to tell you about money, isn't he? If you go to a restaurant and get something to eat afterwards, they're going to tell you how much it costs, right? Everything we do, there's a price tag. Spiritually speaking, giving to God's the only thing that you get more in return than you give. He heals our body. He makes a way when there's no way. And so tonight, we need to trust him. Because if we worry, we'll die. And if we don't worry, we're still going to die. So why worry? Trust him. We need to trust him and give. This is a great opportunity. I was thinking about the offering Pastor Wilson took. Uh, uh, he shared a couple needs with us. One was for chairs. Remember that? And the church, I think, bought 200 chairs that those people could go to church and have a place to sit down. They shared about the water and, and the tower that was bad, and they needed one, and, and you all responded to that and did a miracle. I want to tell you something, folks. If you gave to either one of those, you're going to be blessed. I said you're going to be blessed. God's going to meet your need. God can keep you healthy. God can make a way. God could save the people you're worried about because when you give to God, that says to God, I trust you. I give you the carnal things that I have, and I'm believing you for the spiritual things you're going to give back to me. Aren't you glad when you come in with all kinds of problems and get born again? I had all kinds of problems. I never drank, never smoked. Never did know anything, but I had a lot of problems, a lot of insecurities, a lot of hang-ups. And I'm so glad Jesus loved me and forgave me anyway. And I'm so glad he put my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I'm so glad he's preparing a place for where he is I can be with him, a place that's perfect, a place of beauty like we can't even imagine, and joy like we've never had. And a great reunion like the world has no idea what it's going to be like when all the saints of God gather around and begin to worship God after the rapture of the church. And so how can we lose when we give God all this stuff and he gives us all the stuff we could have never had because we trust him? The other day, Titus came and got up on the platform he wants to play his dad's guitar. And I said to him, you want some candy? Because I was trying to get him off the platform. So I'm standing there, and he runs fast as he can and dives to me. I'm thinking, that's faith. Because <laughs> he, di he, he, he dived quicker than I react sometimes. But he trusts me. He never said to me, even if he could talk, will you catch me? He just ran and jumped in my arms. 
You know what we need to do? Just run and jump in his arms. Say, I don't need to worry because everything in my life you've already taken care of. You're already going to bless me. You're going to meet my need. And more than anything else, you love me. And I give you all the stuff. And you give me everything that you have for me that I might be the person that you'd have me to be. See, Richard was wrong when he told me I should never preach or talk. I know you believe the scripture, if I can endure him to the end, I'll be saved. That's probably true. I'm preaching. But see, the devil's always trying to plant doubt and unbelief in our life so that we'll not step out of the boat. Aren't you glad that he stepped out of the boat and Jesus said, come to me? What if he hadn't stepped out of the boat? We would have never known that was possible, would we? What if they didn't go catch a fish when he told them to and the money was in their mouth? We would have never known that if they hadn't done that. Both times it's impossible for them to pull that off, but God wanted them to know that he was always with them. And when they were in the jail and began to sing praises at the midnight hour, they had no idea the jailhouse door was going to open. They just decided to worship God. And when they did, he gave the first jailbreak and set them free. Because when you trust God and do the will of God, you don't have any worries. God will meet every need you have. God will bless you. God will make a way. And God will cause you to be everything you never dreamed you could be because you give all your hang-ups to him. And he gives you all you need to be everything he intended you to be. Let's bow our heads tonight. As we bow our heads tonight, aren't you glad tonight Jesus loves us and died for us? that we could have life and have it more abundant. Aren't you glad for that? If you're here tonight and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you could be like me, go to church. I went to church the first 17 years of my life. I was there every time the door was open. My parents made me go, but I wasn't born again. I was in the Methodist Youth Fellowship. I joined the church. They sprinkled me. My grandma took me to the Christian church because she said I need to be dunked. But all I was was a wet sinner. And yet Jesus died for me and showed me there's more to life than religion, but it's a relationship with him. And so if you're here tonight and you've never been born again, just like me, going to church, maybe never been born again, you know Jesus will forgive you tonight. And he won't make you a church member. He'll make you a member of the family of God. And every sin you've ever committed, he'll forgive you. And the Bible said we'll be a new person. Old things are passed away and all becomes new. Anybody here tonight, you lift your hand. And I want you to really hear what I'm saying. You're not born again. You've not given your life to Christ, and there's sin in your life, you know, but tonight you want Jesus to come in your heart and forgive you and make you a child of God. Would you lift your hand? Okay. Anyone else? Okay. Okay, you guys on the front row, I believe you mean that, don't you? You guys mean that? 
You mean that? I want you to come up here. I want to pray with you. You're not joining church. You're accepting Jesus. Is that right? Okay. So let's lift your hands towards him. We're going to pray. Say, Jesus. Say it out loud. I thank you. You died for me. And I need forgiven tonight. I ask you to take away all of my sins and come into my heart and make me a child of God and help me from this moment on to become the man you want me to be and that my life will make an impact for you, Jesus, because you love me and I want to serve you. And I thank you for the word of God. And it says that if I would ask, you'd forgive me. And I believe right now, all of my sins have been forgiven. And I'm a new person. And you come to live in me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Did you you mean that? Did you mean that, sir? Then according to the word of God... He's come in your life and you're a new person. He, he knows all about you and all about me. and knows all of our shortcomings. He still loves us. And he has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for you. Have you ever told me anything about you? When those people said you'll never amount to anything, they're wrong. They are wrong. And you can't believe that no more. You've got to trust God that you are going to be everything God wants you to be. And you, when you've been all alone, you thought, is life worth it? Well, I'll tell you it is. Because Jesus wants to be with you and help you. And both of you have great potential for future. See, all of us are accidents looking for a place to happen until we meet Jesus. But when we meet Jesus, our life takes on a purpose. And so God has some good things for you all. This is not the end of something. This is the beginning of a good life for you guys. And God has something for you. And you'll, if you'll serve God and, and pray to him, and when I say pray, if you don't know what to say, just talk to him like I'm talking to you. Tell him how you feel. He will be there and you'll feel his presence, and you'll be amazed how your life will begin to change. If you don't have Bibles, we got Bibles. We'll give them to you. Just find something in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just start reading it. And you'll see who Jesus is and see what he'll do for you. And I'm glad that you guys come up. And I feel honored you let me pray for you. And listen, we want you to feel a part. One day, Jesus is going to say, when we get to heaven, welcome home. But we want to tell you right now, welcome home here. And you're a part of us, and we're glad you're here, and we're here to help you. So anything you have need of, you let us know. Uh, Are you okay? Tell him you want to go to breakfast tomorrow. Uh. (laughs) Howie, did you hear that? Yeah, Yeah, I'll pay. God bless you guys. God bless you.
Uh, me and Howie hang together because we heard if you don't hang together, you'll hang alone. And so we don't want to hang by ourselves. Can you say amen? You know what, folks? We are children of God. And every one of us has a purpose. And there are people in this town, you're here because you can impact them. Even though you don't, might not believe it, you might not think it's possible, your life could cause people to serve Jesus and make heaven their home. So not only let's come at 10 o'clock next week or come early, let's try to invite somebody. Amen? And see what God do. As you stand together, if you have needs you need to pray for, like healing or something, we have people up here who will pray for you. God bless you as you go. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.